is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want to discuss. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And uh, we got lots to talk about here tonight, including Binance, the world's largest, most popular, largest market cap, I guess, cryptocurrency exchange is being targeted because they've done business with people, apparently, in Iran. And that's a no-no. <laughs> uh, so in the studio right now, it's Ian. And Chris. And nobody is in the building. I think he'll be joining us shortly. Uh, the number again, 603-283-6160. We will also go right into your phone calls and thoughts. I think, uh, is this Major Payne? Yeah, but I didn't want to get on the air. I was just going to get Well, don't call a talk up. show if you don't want to get on the air, Major. What's on your mind? <laughs> well, there is a song that was released today only on Truth Social and has gone number one on the country charts. Really? Just from that. Yeah, the guy's name is John Rich. He does the opening music for uh, Sean Hannity's show, but the name of the song is Progress. Okay. And the uh, the hook of the song is you can take your progress and put it where the sun don't shine. So, so I think that's it's, it's anti progress. Well, the fact that you just you I want you to call I want you to listen to the song during one of the breaks. You guys will get a hoot out of it. Okay. Well, but, I'm not on uh, Truth Social, so how am I going to get it? No, no. It's it's been, like I said. It went number one on the viral. It, the only place it was played today on the radio was on Sean Hannity. So you can pull it off of that. Oh, okay. If nothing else, um. But anyway, just the song, the fact that that song, from only being re- released on one Twitter site, has gone viral and number one. And you listen to the song, you'll understand that it tells exactly what the temperament of the people are right now. Now, how does one determine whether a song up. has gone number one? Um, the, call the the check the country music chart. They got what whatever's whatever's hitting viral right now is on top. Well, I, I don't think they judge the. I, I mean, it's been a while since I've looked at Billboard, but I'm pretty sure Billboard doesn't look at internet plays as far as their no, ratings no, are this, concerned. Well, you're saying like this said, is on. Think, you're saying this is it's hitting on country music radio stations real big. No, it just it was only the first time it was played was today, and I heard okay. it. Okay, because I'm going to say right now, I mean, at 6,400 views, I mean, that's not a whole lot. Uh, you know, I mean, it's not terrible or anything, but I wouldn't call that viral. Uh, maybe, well, maybe. Go ahead. They're probably beating the numbers down if, if what I'm saying could, is correct. Be. So this yeah, person is yep. against progress. Does that mean it's just an attack against the progressive movement? No, it's like like I said. You guys really need to hear the song. He talks about the gas prices, all the hoorah that's going on, how the okay. people are being blinded by all these the new green deal and every other thing. Gotcha. So uh, it's 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 a hell of a tune. All right, man. Like I said, punch it up during the break if you can. All right. Well, thank so, you, uh, Major Payne. Appreciate it. The number here is six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. That's six zero three two eight three six one six zero. Country music, very very popular format here in the United States. Doesn't do much for me personally. I know, uh, Chris, you're not much into music at What's all. What's country music? <laughs> the number one music format in the United States. That's that's what it is. Is that is that real? Yeah, as far as, as real radio, st- as far as radio stations are concerned. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, you know, it doesn't. Who knew? Get, yeah. 
The numbers, uh, again, 603-283-6160. So we got the Binance Iran story to talk about, but more important than that, I think, at least at the moment, is the big poll that has been released. And I, I call it big not because it has a large sample size. It has enough. It's a scientifically, I think, succinct, uh, appropriate poll. But uh, not that it has a large sample size, but that it is the first of its kind. I mean, it's certainly larger than a lot of studies out there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, 625 people were the sample size here in New Hampshire. And, and what makes it... But the, the poll f- itself was much bigger than that, right? Well, there were 625 people in New Hampshire. So that right, was there the were, poll in New Hampshire. There were, several, there were seven other states, seven other states in which yep. it was. It was 625 so. people per state okay. uh, that, that this was conducted. And so they looked at the southern states, basically, east of te- Texas into the east, so the whole strip of, uh, of southern states all the way to Florida, and they looked at Hawaii, and they looked at New Hampshire, and asked people a series of questions about independence, about declaring independence from the United States, and under what circumstances people would be interested in that or not. And so the the numbers we had talked earlier this week about Texas, because the numbers for seven of the eight states were actually out, I think, on Monday or Tuesday this week. So we, we already covered some of that. But the New Hampshire numbers hadn't come out until today or late last night. And I was able to get from Alu Axelman, uh, who is the creator over at the Liberty Block, his website, libertyblock.com, access to the actual, you know, the, the PDF, the actual numbers that came out from the survey company, which is called Survey USA. And just, it's been a busy day with me editing video from the court hearing the other day where they kicked people out of court uh, because an oxid or a, a CO2 sensor went off during the middle of the, the court hearing with a fairly low reading. But uh, what happened was, you know, I, I wasn't able to really dig through these numbers, but I do have them in front of me. So we're going to look at some of the interesting takeaways from this. Uh, one interesting number, of course, one of the most important questions is a 27 question survey. But some of them just kind of talk about, well, do you trust the federal government more than the state government? And, you know, what would happen if uh, if Hawaii seceded? Would you want the military to intervene? So there's a bunch of interesting questions in here. But really, the most important question has to be number 19, I think, which is, I would prefer New Hampshire to govern itself as an independent country. And that's a pretty straightforward question. That's the one that, uh, you know, really want to see answered by people. Because prior to this survey, a lot of the uh, secession-related polls, number one, they haven't focused on New Hampshire. They just talk to people across the United States. Or in the the best one that happened prior to this was last year where they talked to people in different regions and they asked people in different regions if they wanted to see their state secede and join a regional sort of uh, federation. Uh, so there would be like the oh, New yeah. England country and then there'd be the Southeast country and then there'd be the Western yeah. country. And I mean, it's, it would still be better um, than being under the United States. But, yeah, I mean, but that number got probably about, fewer wars overseas, right? <laughs> yeah, that number got about 34 percent in New England. And the uh, Republicans, I think, on that one were like 27, 26 percent. And it was actually the Democrats who voted higher than the Republicans on that one, which was, was interesting. But again, that was about getting the New England states to secede and, and join their own uh, union. So we never had seen anything focusing just on New Hampshire until now. So here are the results from the survey. Again, surveyusa.com. The number of people in New Hampshire who right now in 2022, this was taken in late June, 
who either strongly or somewhat agree with the statement that New Hampshire, I would prefer New Hampshire govern itself as an independent country, is 29%. So it's actually 14% strongly agree and 15% somewhat. that was somewhat. the overall number, correct? Of people in New Hampshire who said, I would prefer New Hampshire to govern itself as an independent country. That's not bad. It's actually pretty good. It's yeah. not quite one out of three, but close. I mean, considering that NHX is just barely on anybody's radar at this point. Correct. Well, but that's that's not to say that the idea of independence it hasn't been on people's radar or that the thought of uh, national divorce has. I mean, that's been getting talked about sure. for the last year. Or I'm so. just thinking more compared to maybe Texas, which has been in the news right. for decades, you know, yeah, um, as opposed true. to New Hampshire. What a decade. I mean, half a decade ago, NH exit was, was sort about of 10 years ago. But I mean, they've never yeah. had any prominence. Right. It's been a couple of small protests with five or six people. And that's about it. Um, whereas, you know, it's, it got more substantial, much more recently in the past year, but up until, you know, this year, uh, you know, who, who in the public has really heard about it. Uh, so in addition to the 29% who either strongly or somewhat agree with those statements, there's another 14% that said they weren't sure. Hmm. So that's still all the, altogether. It's still not half. It certainly isn't enough to, uh, you know, to pass a two thirds required constitutional amendment. amendment. Sure. But it is a good starting point. To say roughly one out of three people that live in New Hampshire today are already ready to be an independent country. So that is, I would rather start there than start at 10%. Oh, or yeah. Start at 5%. So we're, we're talking about 29% here. Uh, we got more coming up. Uh, the number, if you want to join us, 603-283-6160. You can bring up whatever you want. And there's some interesting, like when you start breaking down the demographics on this as well, it gets even more interesting. We'll share that with you coming up. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can join us here. You can bring up whatever you want. The number is 603-283-6160. We're celebrating what I consider to be good news. And you didn't say this on the air yet, Chris, but you said you were disappointed off the air last night when the numbers came sure. out yep. from mm-hmm. this poll. And I want to talk about that, like you know why you thought they were disappointing. And we'll get into it coming up here in just a moment. But we're talking about some uh, very important poll numbers because they're the first yep. to come out of here, uh, New Hampshire, looking at a scientific poll with 625 respondents about various questions related to New Hampshire independence and independence from the federal government in general, independence for other states like uh, Texas and Hawaii and California. There were actually eight states that were studied. 625 respondents in each of the states. I have not looked at any of the other states except for Texas. So, I, you know, I don't know what the rest of them look like, but uh, if you want to join the show, you can 603-283-6160 and Free Talk Live is of course brought to you by bitcoin.com. If you're ready to start learning about cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash, uh you can head over and click get started at the top of the page. And then that will uh, send you over to some introductory videos and such where you can learn about the basics about cryptocurrency. You don't want to jump into crypto without understanding at least some basic concepts about decentralization of money and what it is that makes cryptocurrency special. So take the time. Click Get Started at the top of the page. Uh, Just go to Bitcoin.com. And if you want to get the latest news headlines, they've got those as well. Just uh, visit news.bitcoin.com to do that. Let's go to your phone calls and thoughts. Gigi is on the line in South Carolina. Go ahead, Gigi. Good evening, everyone. I'm calling because several nights ago, the hosts on the show that I 
absolutely love listening to, as well as all the callers from around the nation. You guys had an awesome, educational, academically stimulating, wonderful program where the captain was reviewing and explaining and outlining for all of us listeners across the nation about Milton Friedman's 12 points of economic theory. I loved it. Oh, cool. It was one of the best shows. Oh, great. I'm really glad to hear that. I wasn't here for that one, so I didn't get to hear it. Well, permit me this moment. For listeners that want to know, that was Saturday night's show if if, uh, if they missed it. So they can go back to freetalklive.com and grab it there. I've been in academics for many years in three different states, as well as uh, specializing in appellate law. And I always loved and still do being a professor. I told many of my colleagues in the economics department, of which I am not, how wonderful the program was and how much I learned. And I'm just calling to compliment that show. It was wonderful. All right, Gigi. Well, thank you for the kind words. Uh, appreciate it. And as I said, folks that want to hear that can go and grab it anytime. Just go to freetalklive.com. You'll find the podcast I don't know what you call a player, a little widget on the site. Or if you can't find it, just go use the top menu and go to the archive section. You'll find it there. And then you can just scroll back to Saturday and uh, download. Gigi says it was great. I unfortunately wasn't here for it, so I I didn't get to hear the show, but uh, I'm glad she liked it. Thank you, Gigi. So, Chris, uh, the the numbers here are, I think, encouraging. When I... I was really happy that 29% yeah. uh, of the people of New Hampshire right now are already saying they would prefer New Hampshire to govern itself as an independent country. And you said that was lower than you were expecting. No, 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 no. I, not, not so much lower than I was expecting. More, I I was hopeful I, okay. is, is the best way to phrase it. And I was hopeful because of numbers that I was seeing elsewhere and the people I was talking to on the street and what mm-hmm. I was hearing from from other people it wasn't scientific polls and so you know i didn't know right we we were i you know but it got my hopes up hopes my hopes were you know i didn't expect it to to be 70 to 78 percent something like that because you're referring to a internet poll (laughs) that the union leader leader did did, Mm -hmm. what was it last year i think at some point yep it was after the whole CACR 32, the bill that had been put forward to right. put a constitutional amendment out there to allow the people of New Hampshire to vote. In uh, After that had sort of started working its way through the system, the union leader put a poll out, and it got over 70% and, of people. I, and don't get me wrong. I figured that poll, the 78% especially, was you know libertarians voting it up, right? Must have been. I, I figured that much. Yeah. But I was hoping we'd have a number uh-huh. that was maybe, you know, I would have been ecstatic if we had gotten to 50 plus percent and well i mean obviously yeah that would have been incredible um and, and so in some sense yeah i'm a I, I was a little disappointed but that's because my expectations were too high if it had gone that high i would have been dubious of the results of the poll honestly because yeah, you're right would have been you're right too I, I think you're right true. um but the poll did come out with some very interesting numbers that i think are uh beneficial that will i think we're going to get into yeah we're here, definitely uh, but i don't want i don't want to jump into it before you uh, read get, well, get further in but so just looking at this one question of i would prefer new hampshire to govern itself as an independent country there's a bunch of breakdowns as far as demographics are concerned they looked at gender they looked at age they looked at uh race uh, which I don't think they got many people of other races because <laughs> New Hampshire doesn't have a lot. Uh, the uh, They looked at ideology. They looked at party affiliation, voting habits, education, whether they own a home, 
and their urbanicity. And, and there's some really interesting takeaways here. The first one to work to look at is, of course, the one that makes the number bigger, which is the number of Republicans who said, who agreed either somewhat or strongly agreed with the statement they would prefer New Hampshire to govern itself as an independent country. With Republicans, it's 52%. And that's the number that made me smile because 52% means that there is actually support uh, Mm -hmm. in the Republican Party for – uh, amongst amongst its supporters anyway yes uh for independence now the question is will that convince the republicans on the fence the uh you know your representatives right to switch from being against independence or being uh not having a position on it mm-hmm. to supporting it? or to quietly being in favor of it, but not wanting to say anything publicly because they were sure. afraid that they might lose their reelection. Right. Which was, a, I don't know how many of them there were, but I bet you there's a few dozen of them at least. And if I'm not mistaken, there are, and what, you know, there's another interesting question that I don't think the poll got into was the majority of uh, people in New Hampshire are independent. So the question is the plurality. Yeah. the Okay. Plurality. So there's more people who are what they call, Undeclared voters. So in New Hampshire, Libertarian Party is not on like an official party. So there's only the Republicans, the Democrats, and then there's a different category of undeclared. They are the plurality, meaning there are more undeclared voters than there are Republican voters, and there are more undeclared voters than there are Democrat voters. But there's not more than both Republicans right. and Democrats what, combined. What what makes me uh, that makes me kind of wonder what you know how did the poll how did it, i mean they broke it down between republican and democrat but not and independent and the and independent, independent numbers are kind of weak uh, oh so, interesting so here's the independent numbers so strongly and somewhat agree you got 13 and 11 percent so that's 24 percent of independents think it's a that good is kind of to govern itself as an independent country hmm. uh democrats are the lowest of course with seven saying strongly agree and 12 percent somewhat agree so 19 percent so independents more likely to support okay. than Democrats, but nowhere near as likely as the Republicans here in New Hampshire. But again, this is just getting started. And I think I think it was Alu who pointed out in his article, maybe it was oh, yeah. the foundation. He makes a very good point about all this. That uh, this things can change. And they'll change quick, too. And they can change quickly. We'll get into all that coming up here, and you can share your thoughts on independence or whatever's on your mind. It's Free Talk Live. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farm, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com Is Free Talk Live, and you can join us here. The number 603 283 6160. That's 603 283 6160. Here tonight, it's Ian and Chris. Turns out nobody is not feeling well. He was, he was in the house. He just, 
got back from a restaurant. I guess it didn't agree with him real, real, real good. So he's uh, passed out in the, in the next room right now. Maybe we'll see him later. Maybe we won't. Uh, but we got plenty to talk about here tonight, Chris. You and I have been discussing the uh, the big news out of New Hampshire, which is, and also not just New Hampshire, but eight states had a survey done, and it's a company called Survey USA that that did this, and purportedly they're renowned to to some extent as far as surveys are concerned. Uh, and it is a scientific survey with 625 respondents where they looked at various different questions, about uh, 27 questions in regards to independence for not just New Hampshire, but again, like I said, seven other states, including Texas, Hawaii, and basically every southern state east of Texas. All of them were surveyed uh, about independence. It was actually all conducted by the Hmm. Foundation for New Hampshire Independence. They were the ones that were behind the survey. And we're sharing uh, some of the interesting results out of this, um, namely that 52% of Republicans in New Hampshire either strongly or somewhat agree that New Hampshire should govern itself as an independent country. And as you pointed out, Chris, this is going to make this particular election season very interesting. Oh, yeah. Because already you've got the drama of the Republicans versus the Democrats. And just to be clear, we're not republican democrat people on this show if you're new to free talk (laughs) definitely not we're voluntarists we're liberty loving uh, anarchists we're libertarians these are the kinds of folks you're going to find behind microphones at this show but that said uh the earlier this year the very first ever very historic bill that was put forward it didn't get through the process but it was uh it was put forward there was a public hearing on the bill and then there was a vote on uh, on that bill on the, the the state house floor and the bill would have, if it had been passed by the state house and the state senate with over 60% voting for it, it would have then gone to the ballot. And it would have been a ballot question for the people of New Hampshire to decide, not to decide whether to start talking about seceding from the United States, but to actually declare independence peacefully from the United States. That's all it would have taken. It would have been two-thirds of the voters to vote on that. Unfortunately, it's not going on the ballot because it didn't even get through the state house. It was still a historic vote. It was. Um, I don't the think whole any was. other state has had, since at least the Civil War probably, a a hearing, let alone yeah. a vote by a uh, by representatives, especially a whole house, on independence. Correct. So, so very historic. And it got some press. It got some news. The Democrats right now are flipping out. This oh, election are they ever? Season. They're using secession to try to position their candidates as, you know, oh, the good patriotic Democrats uh, vote <laughs> for them. And, but what happened during this was there were a lot of Republican state reps who, and just to be clear, the 13 reps that did indicate that they had some level of support for the bill were all Republicans. And they got a raft of of crap from some of the rest of the the more statist Republicans that are in the state house. And then there's a bunch of other Republicans who quietly support secession, but aren't willing to come out and and promote that fact because they're worried that it would hurt them at the ballot box in November. So, yeah, the question. It, it, I think the number one uh, response from reps for not voting was. Uh, they didn't know what their constituents wanted them to or how they wanted them to vote. So Correct. And in this case, this hopefully will give them a little bit more courage because whether we like it or not, politicians are not known for having a backbone. 
even though some of these people are friendly to us, they're some of them are libertarians. Some of them are, you know, even though they're in office as Republicans, they are actually libertarians uh, that ran as Republicans just so they could get elected. But even some of them wouldn't support this thing. Even some of them were afraid that they may not get reelected. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's that is that is the uh, that that and that is a, a question of is it more worthwhile to remain in office or stay principled uh, uh i don't know if it's not principled but certainly um go towards the, your principles can you stay principled right. and remain in office and remain in office and i think i think ron paul showed that you can i think i think the evidence in the polling suggests you can too well now they could probably still say that based on the fact that it's only the republicans who are saying more than 50% uh, again, 52% here either agree strongly or somewhat agreed that New Hampshire should govern itself as an independent country. That's still not enough to win an election. It might be enough to win a Republican huh. primary, but it is not enough because the independents, you only had uh, 24% of independents saying the same thing. And Democrats, only uh, 19% of them said the, said the same thing. So they could still argue, well, even if I come out in favor of independents, yeah, I might get through the Republican primary and beat the primary opponent, but it won't help me at the general election. So I think you're still mm. going to see that level of cowardice from some people. Could. But this should move some of them in the right direction. This should at least, and and hopefully the, there's a new, uh, what they call political action committee, a PAC here in New Hampshire. It's the New Hampshire Independence PAC. So it's not related uh, you know, directly to the Foundation for New Hampshire Independence, but everybody's friendly. We know who everybody is. And so they hopefully will be contacting these candidates and letting them know the good news about this poll and its and its results and then asking them to go on the record as to whether or not they support independence and make this a key issue of this election and let's get these guys these mm. people on the record and see first of all how many secession supporting candidates make it through the primary. First of all, are the people who voted this year going to make it through their primaries because some of them have primaries so that's an important question is can this you know the the more establishment candidates that are now running against the secessionist candidates are they going to you know who's going to win in that circumstance that's an important question and secondly how many other candidates who previously had not supported secession or challengers that we've never heard of before are willing to support secession to get the support of the uh, the one issue secessionist voters out there so that's what we uh, we that remains to be seen, but it will be interesting. Yeah, it, you know, it, it, it's also interesting in that people have never had that real opportunity to consider this or think about this mm-hmm. issue, um, and and that would have been the majority of the people who were asked this question too. So yes, that's it, right. It, it, first it, time it's probably the first time right, they've heard a question like right, that. Right, right, exactly. It's the first time they've ever heard anybody even ask the question. Um, so, you know, it, it really, it begs the question of, well, if, if they've never even had the opportunity to think about it, they're probably more likely to, you know, say, no, they don't support it, uh, or that they're unsure. Um, because they just haven't had the the time to think about it. Like Mm -hmm. it it hasn't been an option in their mind. So it, 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 I wonder how, as we campaign for, uh, you know, independence further, right. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and the news this ain't stopping. It's right, just going right. to grow from here as the idea gets out there more. What is you know, what what are what are people going to think that like if this poll, the same poll was done, say, in two years and it or should four be. years or, you know, six years. They're right? talking about doing it every couple of years, at least, if not every year. Right. Right. Um, 
will this change? And I, I got a feeling it probably will. It will probably, you know, change for the better and we'll end up with more people supporting independence. Well, it's no, just there's more than one reason why that's going to be true. I think yeah. one uh, we're going to persuade people over right, time. Right. You know, they're going to they're going to talk to a friend who's going to yeah. hear from speaking some- of which I even had somebody come up to me today. I was, I was wearing my NHS shirt and oh, asked really? me about independence on yeah. the street. Yeah. And uh, they, they asked me, is this is this uh, something about secession? I believe it was. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I forgot what exa- what else they, exactly they asked. But it was yeah, it was uh, sounded, they didn't tell you to go screw off or anything. They were nope, nice about nope. it. Nope. He was genuinely interested in yeah. uh, the idea. I, I got the feeling that he probably hadn't ever thought about it before. Right. So that's important. He sounded like he might like the idea. Like, I, I mean, he was asking because it sounded like he liked the idea. Right. People um, have to people have to have their objections answered. Because they're right. going to have objections, they're going to have fears, and that's one of the important parts about this survey, which we haven't gotten to. One of the other questions is, if Hawaii or California or California or Texas were to secede, what should the federal government yep. do about that? And, and can it be done? I think that was his biggest question. Can it be done? Well, uh, we'll get into that too, and there's really a lot more to say. We gotta, we got to talk about why the numbers are going to change, and I'll tell you one reason why. Old people don't like secession. I got got demographics here. More coming up. Uh, This is Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Phones are open and you can join us. Here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Ian and Chris in the studio tonight. We're talking about independence for, well, anybody who wants it. I mean, you should be able to be independent if you're an individual. You should be able to declare your own independence from all of the states of the world and live free. Unfortunately, that's not the world we live in because... They will crush you and be violent and throw you in a jail cell if you don't do what they say. So, unfortunately, that means that we have to do some level of organizing and political action and such. And that is what has been happening here in New Hampshire for the last almost two decades since the founding of the Free State Project, where libertarian activists have been migrating here to New Hampshire and uh, getting active in various different ways. And and one of those ways has been to talk about secession. The Foundation for New Hampshire Independence has been around since, I think, 2012. So I think they celebrated quietly their 10-year anniversary this year. And uh, and now they're rolling out some pretty big guns at this point. They're rolling out a, a poll that was done in late June. Numbers just came out within the last 24 hours. And I've got the uh, the details here, the cross tabs, as uh, as they call them, and we're just kind of digging through it here and, and just uh, opining about what it means. These are these are important numbers because to me, it's a really good starting point to say that 29% of all respondents in this scientific survey conducted by SurveyUSA.com are saying that they are already or they quote would prefer New Hampshire to govern itself as an independent country. To me, that means they support secession today. Uh, and that, and by the way, it's 14%. We're not sure. So that's a, a large number of people that are already on the fence that we can work to persuade to our side. And we were just talking, Chris, you and I, about what are some of the factors that are going to come into play as far as why these numbers are going to shift over time in the directions of independence. First of all, the federal government is just going to get worse. I mean, we can count on that. 
Oh, yeah. You know that's going to... It doesn't matter if Trump gets elected again. I know a lot of people believe he's going to somehow make things better, but he didn't make things better the first four years. He's not going to make things better the, the second four. Uh, certainly another four of Joe Biden or Kamala Harris is just going to be... It's going to be worse, on, stacked on top of worse. Inflation's probably not going to slow down. And they're just going to make our case for us. Yeah, yeah it's it's so funny. Um, it, I Literally, the, the very... Th- Trump put in a 25% tariff. Most people don't know this. Uh, and then uh, he lifted it before he left office. And then hmm. what? What did Joe Biden do? He reinstituted the twenty five percent tariff. Wow! You know it, these parties, these 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 people. Whether whether you're talking about people on the left or you're talking about people on the right, they are one and the same. You can't tell the difference. I, you really can't. So so beyond the federal government just doing our job for us and pushing people away from the idea of being part of their union anymore, um, it's also time is on our side. According to the numbers here in this survey, they did demographic breakdowns. And guess what? If you're over the age of 65, you're much less likely than everyone else uh, to to be against the idea. Or sorry, you're much less likely to be in favor of secession. So people who are 65 and over, only 5% of them strongly agreed with the statement, I would prefer New Hampshire govern itself as an independent country. That's because they're all on uh, Social Security and welfare. I mean, Well, that could be, but Social Security <laughs> would still come through, so that's yeah, not it. It's, but they don't realize that. I think most maybe, people don't understand that. And I wonder how many you could get on our side if they understood that they would not be losing their Social Security. That could be a factor, uh, but regardless, you know, their time is running out. And, it is, it uh, is. And when you start raising the age uh, you go to uh, up to fit again i'm just talking about strongly agree that category sure. uh, six, uh 50 to 64 13 percent so you go from 5 to 13 percent 35 people who are 35 to 49 it goes up to 20 percent and then 18 to 34 dips down a little bit to uh to 18 uh percent so they actually cut it to uh they broke it down also into the category of 50 plus and 18 to 49 so people who are 50 plus it's nine percent strongly agree with New Hampshire governing itself as an independent country, and if you're under the age of 50, it's 19%. So it's more than twice as many people supporting uh, strongly under the age of 50 than over the age of 50. So we definitely have an advantage when it comes to younger people supporting the ideas of independence. And especially Republicans, as we pointed out earlier, 52% of people who are affiliated with the Republican Party are, are supporting New Hampshire independence. So that's a pretty impressive statistic. And again, a very good starting point. Moving a little bit further down the line on this question, another interesting but not surprising detail is people who've completed four years of college also are not so interested in independence. (laughs) So the more time you spent in the state-run indoctrination camps, the more you are supportive of the federal government gang, with only 8% of those who've completed four years in college saying they strongly agree. With New Hampshire being an independent country. Wait, wait a minute. You got to give me that statistic. Only 4% support independence. No, no, no. 8% of people uh, who have four year college. Yeah. So, four, four so year bachelor's degrees. degree. Yeah. Only 8% strongly agree with the idea of New wow. Hampshire being an independent country compared to 21% of high school graduates. Huh. Interesting. And 13% of some college. So hmm. the more ed- the more quote unquote educated you are, the more you support the tyrannical police state interesting uh also they broke down this one was this one was counter to what i expected uh looking at urbanicity people who live in either urban or rural 
or suburban areas. They broke it down into those categories as well. Yeah. And again, we're just looking at the strongly agree category. Uh, a surprising 11% of people in rural areas strongly agree with New Hampshire being an independent country. But 26% of urban people. Wait, really? Yeah. I would have expected it to be the opposite of Wouldn't that. Wouldn't you? Yeah, so would I. It was really kind of a surprise. Now, when you get into the, huh. when you get into the somewhat agree category, yep. then it, it kind of changes a little bit. It goes to 11% urban somewhat agree to 15% rural uh, somewhat agree. agree. Hmm. But still, it was kind of a surprise to see more than double the percentage of the strong. The people really feel strongly about this. Yeah, it seems so weird. You would think you would think the yeah, I, I'm I'm shocked. I mean, I guess I would think people like living on farms would better understand how oppressive you know the the, the federal government is. But maybe the farm people are more like yeah yeah America. I, oh I don't know. wait, you know what it, know. you know what it might be? They get subsidies. I bet you that's a good part of it. Federal but subsidies. So, so do people in cities. I don't know. It's an interesting number. And actually, when you go on the reverse side of it, so the people that strongly disagree, the people that, that are the most vehement about staying within the union, yeah. the numbers hold true there to some extent as well, with 36% of rural saying stay with stay in the union uh, and 28% of urban. So again, more rural people wanting to identify with the federal government. Uh, and actually, sub- suburban people even, more, uh, even stronger than the rurals there with 41% saying... You know what? Stay with the union. American flag. It's so rooted in probably uh, the culture. Um, you know, of that, the rural. Yeah. People. Um, I mean, think about it. I mean, it, they they tend to be the types that hold the American flag. You mm-hmm. know, all you know, constantly God, country. You know, all that. Um, and yeah, American flag. So it's interesting. That's just one question that we were looking at here. Another one that I mentioned earlier was the big objection that you come to when when you talk to people about independence. And it's their first time considering it. Usually, there's a couple of objections that come out. One of them you've already touched on here. Well, what about Social Security? That's a big one that that you hear a lot. Another one is, well, the government's just going to roll in tanks. The U.S. military will be called in. They're going to come into uh, wherever it is we're talking about, and they're going to kill people. Is it legal, and can you even do it? I think are the two two uh, kind of the ways people often phrase it. I don't think that really matters to the federal government, right? Like if no. it comes to using violence against people to keep the union together, we know they did it once in the Civil War, and they would do it again. There is an interesting statistic from the poll, though, in regards to support. That's what I was about to get to. Here. So, uh, <laughs> so they asked this question: What is the strongest penalty that Congress should impose on the state if someday one of the following states were to vote to declare its intention to negotiate peacefully with Congress to separate from the U.S., which they shouldn't do; they should just say goodbye. Uh, also, no longer send its elected officials to Congress, and finally, sign treaties to allow the United States to maintain important military bases within the state. So, what would happen if California? Or Texas or Hawaii did that. So they asked three separate questions, all with the same sort of surrounding details. So if Texas, uh, or sorry, if California were to, to do those things that they proposed, only 3% of respondents in New Hampshire said that the military should be used to stop it. Only 3%. Wow. Uh, I mean, basically, that's saying to me that, you know, if, if, if we did declare independence, nobody would stop us. Yeah, in fact, if you look at the other uh, studies, so again, they looked at seven states. We're just sharing the numbers from New Hampshire here. They looked at the southern states, southeastern states, and they looked at Hawaii. And you look at all their numbers, according to, uh, let's see, I think it was the Foundation for New Hampshire Independence that actually did take a look at that. And I don't think a single one of them went above 10% on that question. Many of them were 5, 6, 
You it would be a very, very unpopular award, just as we suspected. I'll see if I can find more about that here. But yeah, so people in the United States do not want to see an invasion of anyone who secedes. Some supported the idea of economic sanctions against those states. The vast majority just said, let them go. Hour number two is coming up. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You can join us here and bring up whatever you want. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Ian with you tonight. And Chris. And Chris is here courtesy of his show, which is uh, Freedom Decrypted. You can find that over at freedomdecrypted.com. It happens every Saturday evening. 5 o'clock Eastern Time is when it starts. You can, of course, not watch it live if you want. You can watch anytime over at freedomdecrypted.com. You can also listen via their podcast version of the show. Uh, if you like technology and you like freedom, then you're really going to like freedomdecrypted.com. So uh, we've been digging in through, you know, just scratching the surface, honestly, of this survey that came out, uh, the very first one that I'm aware of, at least, that is focused on New Hampshire and questions relating to secession. And the thing I really like about this survey, besides the fact that they did both of those things, is that it was conducted by SurveyUSA on behalf of the Foundation for New Hampshire Independence. And that means that the folks at the Foundation for New Hampshire Independence, they're the ones who got to write the questions. And as, yeah, as you know... <laughs> The questions you ask on a survey are a pretty big factor in kind of the answers that, that come in. So it is important to have the right questions. Uh, the, as I was saying before, the previous survey that was of the most interest as far as New Hampshire was concerned was a question that was regional. I believe it was kind of conducted by YouGov with Brightline Watch. And uh, if you look that one up, you'll see that they found that about 34% of respondents in New England wanted to see their states secede from the United States and join a regional uh, arrangement of states, a regional federation of states. So that really wasn't the question I think any of us wanted to see asked. Mm. It's still a good question to kind of gauge sort of a general interest in secession but we still didn't have specific to new hampshire info and we didn't have a really good question about secession of course the really good question that we all wanted to know i think is what do the people of new hampshire think about just saying goodbye no no we don't want to talk about joining a federation because i think most people in new hampshire are not interested in being aligned with massachusetts 
I don't want to be governed by New York any more than I want to be governed by Washington, D.C. Well, I don't think the proposal was to include New York, but it might have been for all I know. I, I don't okay, Boston. Right, seriously? Yeah, I don't want to be tied politically to the people in Massachusetts or Connecticut. Or most of the rest of New England, for, for that matter. New Hampshire is a sort of oasis of freedom by comparison to the surrounding states. And so what would happen if people in New Hampshire were asked about New Hampshire going its own way? We didn't get a chance to ask on the ballot this year because the ballot measure, uh, the constitutional amendment proposal, CACR 32, didn't make it through the state house. And one of the reasons why it didn't make it through is because the state reps don't think there's support for independence. Now we have the information to show they are not correct about that. Now, there may not be a majority support across the board at this Yet. point, but that can change. And that is one of the things that I believe the uh, the Foundation for New Hampshire Independence pointed out here in their summary, which appears at nhindependence.org. Uh, they do point out here that more than two-fifths of the respondents to this survey, 42% of them, Support the idea of placing independence, a question about it, on the ballot. And only 47% currently oppose it, which means there's enough people on the fence on that question Hmm. to move it in the direction of, let's do this thing. So history is filled with proposals, this is what NHIndependence.org says, that seemed at first to be politically impossible, but after serious discussion and evolving circumstances, proved to be politically inevitable. To take just one example, shall issue laws for concealed carry licenses, once viewed as extreme, are now the law in nearly every state. As the results of this poll show, peaceful separation from the United States already has more support now than shall issue laws had in 1990. So, It'll be interesting uh, if we can effectively get independence without declaring independence what do you mean through by that? other uh, means like nullification and mm. you know there's there's just some other ideas on how you can go about this and some of the uh, marijuana weed right that mm-hmm. was that's a good example of nullification right of the states that have decriminalized right. fully or legalized um, weed it's not technically legal anywhere in the united states that's right but it's effectively legal and at least well, it's, some it's legal to possess in a bunch of states, but it's not legal to grow it. Still, it's not legal without government permission. It's not legal it to sell it without nowhere government permission. is it legal to grow it without government. Permission? There is some home grow provisions, I think, in Vermont, okay. for instance. So I think in those cases, you would say that's legal. But you I clearly don't it. follow that specific issue closely enough as much as I support yeah. it. <laughs> you certainly cannot sell it without government permission in any of those yeah. uh, states. So there's no true cannabis freedom. Uh, But anyway, going back here to the point they're making about the shall issue permits. So in 1990, there were fewer people who supported shall issue. For folks that don't know, that means to get a gun permit, you just go and say, I want a gun permit. And then they have to give it to you. Right. That's all that that's all that that means. We do. do We we have even more than that in New Hampshire. Correct. We have concealed carry without a uh, we don't have to ask permission for either concealed or open. carry. Correct. correct? Yes. You can still get a permit in New Hampshire if you want one. Uh, but you do not need a permit to conceal carry here. And that has to do with re- uh, reciprocity or something? If you wanted to carry in the reciprocity states, which right. are not all of them, but only a small amount yep. of them, then you could get the permit and that would allow that. Um, but uh, but they're talking about just shall issue, just the, the policy of you want a permit, you ask for it, you're supposed to get it. Right, right, right. And so that was controversial. It wasn't as popular in 1990 as secession is today, but they're saying now it's the supermajority of states that have shall issue. So that changed hmm. in 
the roughly 30 years that it that it took for that to change it took you know it still took half a lifetime for, <laughs> oh, yeah. for it to change because that's the system and it is not a, a fast moving thing at all there's a there's a reason the free state project was in our lifetime <laughs> but this is a different issue i mean a fundamentally different issue people have very very strong feelings on both but guns you know there's just some people that are never going to come on board with that and there's some people that are never going to come on board with secession or declaring independence from the united states but this is i think the secession issue could move faster than that it's not going to take i don't think it'll take 30 years for this to happen you know what a good question uh that should have been asked i think on the survey is whether or not you support independence from new england or i'm sorry uh from england um, oh if you if you would be, have or you do support if it. you do support it okay right um because ultimately, if you don't support New Hampshire's exit, right, why would you support the U.S.'s exit from It could show New some England? hypocrisy. Right, right. Question. It's very hypocritical, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. So I think one of the reasons why it could go faster than the gun issue is, as we pointed out, the federal government's going to keep getting worse. They're going to keep giving us new reasons for people to want to leave. They're going to piss more people off as years and months go by. So they're going to recruit people for us. Old people are less likely to support secession. They are going to pass away, and that's going to change the the demographics. And you've got this thing of migration going on, not just the Free State Project migration, which is bringing libertarians to New Hampshire, which is the reason, honestly, why CACR 32, the ballot measure, was put forward. It's because oh, yeah. of Free Stater uh, state reps that that happened. So you've got that those pressures going on, but also just people who don't know anything about the Free State Project who just want to be in a more free place, they naturally move to New Hampshire. And that's been happening for decades. And you know that's that's increasing now with people leaving places. We just we were at a uh, a meetup today. You and I, that's right. there's a Friday hangout here in, in the Keene area. And there was a lady there who lives in Portland, Oregon. And she is sick of it. She's she's ready to get out of Portland. And she's, she's like a doctor or something. And she didn't say exactly what yep. she did, but she said she has a medical license. And so, I mean, she's probably got a lot of loose ends to wrap up, but she's kind of dipping her feet into the the, the world of New Hampshire. To Exploratory see what it's like. uh, yeah. is is where she was at, and I suspect in not too long she will probably be looking for houses uh, to either rent or buy or something. Right, and she's not the only one. Yeah. She came up here earlier this year, and they had a bus tour of part of New Hampshire that she went on to kind of check out. I mean, the lay and, of the land. And to come up here and do all that without any desire to move is is highly unlikely. I mean, wa- she came from oh, Washington, she's, right? She's all across the country. Right? She's just going to go slow with it and take her time. And, yeah, know, Portland. I think she's talking about Portland. So yeah, yeah, I mean, she came all the way across the country. So it's not something you do. That's a commitment, right? Lightly, yeah. right? Yeah. And we see this, and this is just one example. This happens all the time in little old Keene, New Hampshire, which has twenty three thousand people. I mean, if you're seeing that as frequently as we do, you can just yeah. You know, there's a lot more people. There's a at lot Manchester, of people. Yeah, Concord, definitely. Nashua, the big population centers here. So the migration of people is going to help accelerate this. As people see the wins that we're having on the fronts of secession, they're going to say, I want to be where the winners are. I'm shocked at how many win- uh, how many wins we have. In There's New more coming up. You can join us here. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. The phones are open and you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here tonight, it's Ian. 
and Chris. We're going over a survey that uh, that asked thou- thousands of people in total across eight states. It was 625 people per state. Uh, the states were those of the southeast United States, starting in Texas, going all the way over to Florida, uh, Hawaii, and New Hampshire, looking at questions in regards to independence. Uh, we're going to continue with that discussion. Of course, you can... Bring up whatever you want. Free Talk Live is also brought to you by Freedoms Phoenix. That's a great place to go and get the libertarian perspective when it comes to the news of the day. They get it done every single day over at Freedoms Phoenix. They cover economic news, government overreach, insane government spending, and more. You can get all the headlines in one place. And from that fresh libertarian perspective at freedomsphoenix.com. That's freedoms with an S, phoenix.com. As we continue digging through some of these numbers here, there's 27 questions in this survey. We're not going to go through all of them, but uh, the the full survey, cross tabs, all that stuff is going to be available. I'll be posting it to FreeKeen sometime within the next 24 hours. It's not up yet. I just didn't have time to uh, to put it together. So you're hearing about a lot of this at the same time as I am, Chris. We got uh, a teaser last night from the folks over at the Foundation for New Hampshire Independence at nhindependence.org. They've got a, a short article up that goes over some of the basics of this. Uh, in short, it's roughly one out of three, not quite. Yep. 29% of uh, New Hampshire respondents in this survey support the idea of New Hampshire being an independent state. 52% of Republicans here in New Hampshire support the idea of New Hampshire being an independent state. And so far. So far, right? And we're just, <laughs> I got to keep saying that. So yeah, far. And we're just getting this thing started. So I think it's a great starting point. And I just wanted to go over some of the basics here. And this is uh, as reported by SurveyUSA. So at the very top of all the data, SurveyUSA themselves, the actual polling firm, they did kind of a quick breakdown of some of the important takeaways. And so here's what they had to say. So they asked New Hampshire adults a series of questions about the current state of politics in the United States. And respondents were asked how much they agreed or disagreed with these six statements. Statement one, people in the United States are growing more and more divided over important issues such as LGBT rights, guns, abortion, election integrity, race relations, involvement in foreign wars, climate change, immigration, etc. 91% of the respondents to this survey in New Hampshire either said they strongly or somewhat agree with with that statement. Uh, Next statement, if the citizens of the United States continue to get more divided on major issues, I fear that political violence will increase. 89% of respondents agreed that more political violence will be coming as people continue to be divided on these issues. And there's no evidence that people are going to become, you know, coming together. There's not going to be this, you know, moment where that's going to happen. I, I mean, I can't see it. Why would it? You could argue that in 2001. I mean, you're disagreeing. We're all disagreeing with each other. So why would we come together on it? You could argue. Like if that makes no sense. uh, Well, okay. I'll make the argument, though. In 2001, September 11th, that there was the attacks, of course, that uh, that happened. And people seemed to come together in that moment. Or people were too afraid to speak out against it. Could be. I'm not talking about the the incident itself, whether or not it was real or not real. But well, the government's reaction. People came, quote unquote, came together and, you know, picked up the American flag and waved the American flag and were like, we're going to war. We don't care about what the other side says. We're going to go come together and go kill some towel heads. Right. There was this sort of anti 
uh, Middle Eastern sentiment, anti-Iraq, uh, if you will, sentiment that came out out of, out of that. You know, Democrats and report uh, Democrats and Republicans came out as you know being this racist kind of ideology. Yeah. So, but how long did that really last for? How long did that coming together <laughs> a decade of Americans for? I mean, <laughs> not even really. I mean, well, people I think quickly learned that there were lies I mean, being told. Obviously, it was supported more so uh, the day of, right? But and it slowly you know waned from there. But yeah, I mean, how many? How long did it take before we learned that the yellow cake claims were false? Uh, I mean, it was just a few years. It didn't take that long before before it started to be crystal clear that the U.S. government was lying to people about this war. So I think I think that facade did not last very long for them and the same thing is true of covid mm-hmm. right when the whole covid thing started there were some people who were really really concerned about it and then yeah. they started learning about all the lies that were being told and within a you know a 12 month period there was a tremendous change as far as what people were willing to do when they were told to by the government at first a lot of people were willing to do what they were told because they were afraid and then they didn't see well, people dying i mean and so they didn't <laughs> become see, as, fra- as afraid I, I think i think partially it was because we first of all at a certain point especially early on it had hit the united states so we couldn't have seen it yeah second of all our government uh you know whether we like it or not was flip-flopping you know every other day um because first they were telling us not to wear masks and they're telling us we should wear masks it's like i mean are they ineffective or are they not are they effective or are they not effective and it's like how do you trust uh you know a government you shouldn't that's lying to you and you know they start off with lying to you saying they're ineffective and then they went to telling you to wear something uh you know that was that was definitely ineffective so masks you mean yeah, yeah yeah So, yeah, that's that's the lesson, of course, you should take away is you should never trust the government. You should never believe what it is that they're saying. They don't have your best interests at heart. They're not interested in helping you. They're just interested in their own power. And that became more clear to a large number of people. Yeah, I mean, even even if that wasn't the case. Right. It, it's certainly at least it shows incompetence. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you can always count on them for that, too. But my point is that for all of the people that, quote unquote, came together during that time. It didn't last even as long as the illusion of 9-11. Like the whole illusion of 9-11 might, as you said, last yeah, some number of years. Yeah, definitely longer than 9-11. This one, it didn't last as long as, as 9-11. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's what I meant to say. Yeah, this one fell apart relatively quickly. I mean, you had maybe yeah. the fir- most of the first year, but then after that, it, oh, it just... I mean, I, I think within the first three to six months, yeah. even, it yeah, was... Pretty, pretty quick. It and was, that's because information travels faster than it did 20 years ago. Yeah, I mean, we had the internet 20 years ago, but there weren't as many users of it. It wasn't as in established in our lives. And so I think that the the whole idea of Americans coming together again for something like this, I don't, I don't think it's going to have the same effect, even if another war starts tomorrow. I mean, look at uh, Ukraine, for instance. There has been a lot of support of that, uh, but at the same time, it does seem to be on political lines uh, t- to some extent. So ultimately, I think we're going to see people driven further apart. Back to the survey. So this is, again, talking to people in New Hampshire, and these are questions that were asked initially regarding uh, people's feelings about the federal government. So uh, another statement, whether or not people agree with this. The federal government's financial decisions and economic regulations hurt our livelihoods and could lead to inflation and bankruptcy. 79% of people strongly or somewhat agreed with that statement. How could you disagree? It's already happening. (laughs) Well, I mean, the inflation, like, at least part, has started. It's, yeah. I mean, we what, what are we up this year? Like, so it was some insane number. Do you remember what the numbers are? Uh, well, so far, uh, the numbers that just came out were for the year until year to July. Okay. And that was 
one. Oh wait, was that June? Those were official numbers, not unofficial. Sorry, that was in July, June. So yeah, the official number nine point one percent CPI, and they, they're supposedly they like to keep it to two three percent. So that's yeah, huge. That's right. Uh, and that's again their their highly manipulated numbers. There's right. an unofficial number saying it's like seventeen percent, which so. is much more likely. The number, if you want to join us, six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. So we're seeing a lot of dissatisfaction in this poll with the federal government. So that can be used against them over time and to convert more people to the ideas of independence. On Free Talk Live, we're bringing people to the ideas of liberty every day. From wrestling superstars like Glenn Jacobs. You guys really are having an impact, I believe. Like I said, uh, a lot of where I am now is due to listening to Free Talk Live. You changed my mind on some very important issues years ago. To random people tuning in on the radio. I was kind of stuck in the left-right paradigm. I heard your show by chance on a Saturday night. From there, I went on doing the Free State Project and become an amplifier. So, I mean, that's really the reason why I amp is uh, because I know that if it wasn't for you guys being on as many stations as you are, I never would have found the ideas of liberty. You can help more people hear the message of liberty by joining Free Talk Live's AMPS program on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And you'll get access to special perks. Visit amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com. It's Free Talk Live, and you can join the show here if you want. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You can join us online, of course. Just head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the various features we have waiting for you there. It's freetalklive.com. If you want, you can support the show like Brian Simmons has done. Brian is a silver level supporter of our AMPS program. AMPS stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote and Support. And it's a way for you to help us for as little as five bucks a month to help us get Free Talk Live on a more great radio stations. If you like the content of this program, it's the best way to help directly support us. So once again, that's amps.freetalklive.com. That takes you right to our Patreon, amps.freetalklive.com. We've been sharing with you the survey results or a selection of them because there's a lot of them there's 27 questions uh, on this survey as promoted by the foundation for new hampshire independence at nhindependence.org we actually have the president of that foundation on right now uh elliot hi perfect hey. timing welcome sir oh, well we've been covering this thing uh, all night so far tonight so i'm glad to have you <laughs> you checking in here because you're the guy that uh, got the news out about this first yesterday over on your website libertyblock.com and also nhindependence.org uh, we've been digging through here in this survey we talked about the 29 percent of people in new hampshire that already are ready to go from the united states they support new hampshire being an independent nation uh 52 percent of republicans in new hampshire supporting that and we also highlighted the fact that older people not as interested in secession so over time just as uh elderly folks are dying off we're going to see a shift in these numbers plus people migrating here is going to help us shift the numbers plus the federal government becoming more tyrannical which we can all count on is going to shift these numbers you, you know what also shifted not even just them dying off but if people fleeing new hampshire old people tend to flee new hampshire it's cold in the winter time they don't happen. like the cold usually so i could see just you know that too there's as, a surprising number of them that that stay here though it's that, true that's it. but that's it. if you if you start um uh if you start looking at like 
the the percentage of the population that's aging and getting into the you know elderly category uh, that number is going up, and as that number mm. goes up, uh, that in theory should hurt us. But I think it's gonna, it's not gonna be as bad as you think, because I think a lot of them are gonna be leaving. What do you think about this, uh, Elliot? Obviously, you've had basically the the last few days uh, to dissect this and mull it over, and you you already wrote up a couple articles about it. But uh, what are we missing? What have we not talked about? I don't know if you've been privy to the whole conversation so far. So go ahead. Yeah, I agree with uh, Penguin and you that it's only going to keep climbing. This is the baseline, and we thought it would be a little lower. Most of the numbers, so I'm pleasantly surprised that 29% in New Hampshire are already ready to secede today. Yeah. 52% of Republicans, and that's tremendous. That means Republicans, when we're talking about Republican primaries and stuff like that, and the, and the convention, the majority are ready to secede today. And, and obviously some are unsure, so a lot less than half don't want to secede. So I think only like 30, 35% of Republicans don't want to secede and, and the majority want to. Um, a few other interesting parts of the survey that were pleasantly surprising to me, it, it, was, it was all pleasantly surprising. Some wasn't fantastic, some was mm-hmm. fantastic, but it was amazing. One of the big things that my, my own brother and a lot of others, and I think that that's probably what we were arguing about later and maybe we were on the show, is he, he obviously supports independence, but thinks that if we leave the union, everyone will support the federal government coming in with, with military like Brody Deshaies said, the status pro-union, anti-independence, anti-freedom representative, yeah. and a lot of others believe that the federal government could and should come in with the military and kill us all. This poll in New Hampshire and all eight states mm. showed that 3%, just 3% of people in the United States believe that the federal government should use military force against a state that chooses to secede. You know, Whereas like 56% said there should be zero penalties for a state that wants to secede, they totally should secede, and it's awesome, and there should not even be economic penalties like sanctions for them. So only 3% support violence, meaning I'm pretty much 100% sure there would be zero. Just a minor correction on that from, from what Survey USA says here in their summary, the average across all eight states that they surveyed, it was 6% would back a military attack to keep the state in the union, but that's still nothing. I mean, that's that's barely any support okay. with 57 yeah. New Hampshire was 3%. Right? New Hampshire was 3% with uh, 57% of the people in the, the eight states surveyed said the state, in whatever state it is, whatever state leaves first should be allowed to go. Uh, there should be no sanctions. 37% said economic sanctions should be utilized to punish that state, and 6% said military attack. So almost no one believes the military yeah. should be used. You know, um, you know, you know, what, you know what I love to see is a T-shirt that says the majority of Republicans support independence, alongside only three percent of the population would support an attack on New Hampshire. Seems if, like a little we, wordy for a T-shirt. It, it does, but, uh, but shorten it a little bit idea. somehow. Figure out how to shorten that, mm. and I think it would be a great message to send to other yeah. people who are potential supporters. You know? That'd be amazing. And a few other things of in the survey, some interesting questions that, that I'm glad we're on the survey, especially now with the results, is when asked if you knew, so they were asked, the, the people in the survey, if you knew there was a political movement that was you know working to support independence, which is like the, the Foundation for New Hampshire Independence mm-hmm. or the New Hampshire Independence PAC, would, how much um, would you donate or volunteer? So for the question is, how much would you donate in a typical year? Only 65% said nothing. So mm-hmm. between like... Tw- 12% said they would donate, and 23% were unsure. So only 65% would donate nothing, meaning like potentially 35% would, would donate to us, be regular donors to the FNHI for a year. If 35% of the state donated to us, we'd be in really, really good shape. And then similar for volunteering time, only 59% of people said they wouldn't volunteer their time for the FNHI. That's tremendous. It's incredible. 17% said they totally would donate, and 23% are unsure. So again, if, if only 59% wouldn't, don't, wouldn't um, volunteer their time, that, that's incredible. Potentially... Right. 
Uh, 41% of people would, would volunteer their time for independence. That means a lot of people feel very strongly about independence in New Hampshire. Yeah, if you're willing to put time or money behind an issue, then that means you have a really strong feeling about it. There's no doubt about it. Uh, and, and again, these are all reasons why the numbers of people supporting independence here are going to grow over time. Because, you know, the Foundation for New Hampshire Independence... It's been around for a decade, but so far, up until this year with this survey, this poll that we're talking about tonight, so far the foundation has done little more than put out a really great flyer that you and I, Alu, have been the, the kings of, <laughs> uh, of putting out into people's hands over over the last uh, decade. And they haven't done a whole lot else. they got a good website. It's got some great points, persuasive points on it. But this is the first time the foundation has really you know put something into motion and i think it's a good move um, almost everything that's been done has been done pretty much almost even after a lot of it's been done after the uh, CAACR 32. Um, well, that did kind of get the ball rolling. That that's true. It did. It and did so we owe a lot to the state representatives who it, it, it really that. did. Um, we have NHA exit bumper stickers uh, now too. We have NHA exit T-shirts. Yeah, um, you're you know, wearing that, one right. That, we right. didn't coordinate, but you and I are wearing NHA exit shirts tonight. Uh, yep. Yep. Uh, um, to yeah. Nice. I mean, and this is a thing. It's like you know we didn't have any of this. You know, up a until, year ago. Yeah, we yeah. didn't have this a, a year, year ago. ago. So people are just beginning to hear. about about NH exit in the first place. So it's it can only grow from here, it seems. Yeah, yeah it's going to keep growing. And one thing that you guys haven't mentioned that much, one of the reasons why it's going to grow so much is D.C. Just look at what D.C. politicians mm-hmm. are doing. Look at Biden. Look at the printing. I heard they just sent another few hundred million dollars to Zelensky, um, you know, the, the Ukrainian corrupt yeah. Nazi, whatever regime status are there. I don't really care who they are, but they're all evil government gangs. So they're sending, they're printing and sending and borrowing hundreds of millions, billions of dollars. And every time I hear that, by the way, I, I go find Silver Dave and buy more gold and silver. So it means that the dollar is losing value, and I just want to get out ahead of it. So you, you know, billions away. You know what would be funny is to print, uh, I mean, not counterfeit money, but fake dollars and start handing them out uh, just to demonstrate how worthless the U.S. dollar really is. You know, if the U.S. government prints money, well, I can print money, too, right? It would have to be dramatically yeah, different than the, the dollar to not get a I counterfeiting. For sure. For sure. The, the uh, Nashua local TV yesterday with, with Jocelyn Davis, and I was doing a thing of the basics of real money of gold and silver and a bunch of other stuff, goldbacks and silver bits nice. and copper, how they took the copper and silver out of the money. And one of the things I showed was a few bills I have. I showed goldbacks, but I also showed uh, I have $2 million bills. They're, they're fake $1 million bills. <laughs> of course, when my, my grandfather gave it to me like 15 years ago before he passed away. He used to always have one on him. And it's a million dollars, and you go into a store and say, hey, I want to buy your store. It's a funny joke. Um, thankfully, you haven't been arrested for you know counterfeit stuff because it looks right. very realistic. But I was showing people because I showed them the $100 trillion Zimbabwe note, yep. and I, was, I showed the TV camera, and I said, this $1 million American bill, this is, this is our future in a few years to keep going with my inflation. Uh, Elliot, do you want to stay, or uh, you said everything I'll, you need I'll to I'll say? I'm going to hop off. You said what now? He's going to hop off. I'm going to hop off. All right, man, hey, thank you. Keep, keep up the great work out there. That's Elliot Axelman. He is the... Uh, the current president of the Foundation for New Hampshire Independence, and they are the ones behind the survey we've been talking about throughout the show here tonight. If you want to weigh in, there's a few more things to highlight, and we'll get into those as well. Coming up here, this is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Phones are open if you want to join us here. We're talking about a historic poll from New Hampshire and seven other states, by the way. This also happened in the southern, southeastern states from Texas all the way through Florida, as well as Hawaii. So eight states in total with 625 poll respondents per state. 
looking at various different questions about uh, independence and what would people support if a state like California or uh, Texas or Hawaii were to declare independence from the United States. Do people want to see the military sent in to stop it? Turns out, no. People don't want to see that happen. And we have speculated for years here on Free Talk Live that if the U.S. federal government were to roll tanks or send troops into a state that has declared independence, that it would be very unpopular amongst the people of the rest of America at that point. And this this poll backs that up with only 6% of Americans in this poll saying they would support military intervention for secession. I wonder if there would be a difference between opinions if it was one small state like New Hampshire versus, I don't know, say half the country. What do you mean? I mean, like, let's let's say there was a civil war again, right? Or I'm not, not a civil oh, war, you but mean only one state going versus right, a like bunch of states, one state time. or a couple states going as opposed to, you know, like during the civil war, half half the country was was divided, basically. You know, well, all so. they asked about was one state here. And Hawaii is a small state. So they asked yeah. about Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And again, very small numbers. I mean, only six percent on average. I, I think in New Hampshire, it was like three percent. Yeah, were were in favor of military intervention with the the majority of respondents saying just let him go. Yeah, uh, on average it was fifty seven percent of the respondents just said just let him go. Yeah, it's it's hard to imagine how it would like hurt you if somebody else left, right? Like it wouldn't. It's, it's just not the even butt hurt of oh no, it, we have to take a star off the flag. It's not even like trade. It's not like trade is going to stop. I mean, it's it, you know this is the thing. People, well, now wait a minute. There were thirty uh, something percent. 37% say economic sanctions should sure. be used. So there okay. are people who would say, Fine. shut down the trade. But I'm saying it doesn't have to, right? No, it doesn't. Um, and if you look at other countries that have broken up, it, trade generally, it doesn't stop. I mean, you still need, even look, look at look look at Germany and Europe and Russia, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's even a war, right? And yet the oil's still flowing for the most part, up, up until very recently anyway, yeah, right? As far as Germany. And it had a huge economic uh, you know, harm to stop that trade. Mm-hmm. So... It, you know, if it takes that level of, you know, conflict. Yeah, and that's actual war. Right, right. Yeah, that's a great point. And I think people probably aren't thinking too far about this. Those that are saying, you know, economic sanctions, are they remembering that they might have family members in that state? Have they even thought about that? Mm. So another a couple of uh, details here from the summary at uh, surveyusa.com. This is from the actual survey data. They're looking at the respondents. We're just looking at New Hampshire. We, we haven't dug in through. Uh, we looked at Texas earlier this week because that happened to be out. The, uh, the first seven states came out earlier this week. New Hampshire just came out uh, today. 65% of respondents agreed with this statement. Politi- either strongly or somewhat agreed. Quote, politicians in Washington, D.C. violate our rights more than they protect our rights. And again, that's after 79% said that federal government's financial decisions and economic regulations hurt livelihoods and could lead to inflation and bankruptcy. 64% of people agreed that laws, regulations, and court rulings coming out of D.C. are incompatible with New Hampshire's culture of freedom. So again, you've got a tremendous number of people here in New Hampshire who are agreeing that the federal government is overwhelmingly negative as far as our lives are concerned. All we have to do is convince them that their lives would be better without that influence, that a a more free place is possible. All we have to do is walk away from this arrangement and then things get better. 
I don't see how it could go any other way, barring a nuclear weapon being dropped on New Hampshire. Oh, that would make no sense at all. No, it would have more. That's the funny thing is it would have a worse effect on the surrounding population because <laughs> yeah, there's a greater number of people surrounding New yeah. Hampshire. <laughs> um, and it would make them look terrible. Boston is, uh, you know, an hour away from right. like the, the, our major uh, population, uh, population centers. centers. Yeah. So you would literally be taking out Boston and yeah. <laughs> I, Boston. I, I don't know what I think Boston just boston alone has a population greater than all of new hampshire so you might actually end up doing more damage to uh more people more of your own people who are uh, more of your own people so to speak uh than you would in new hampshire because at least part of new hampshire won't be within the blast zone whereas all of boston would be yeah so really this whole process chris is going to be and it always has been it's going to be about changing those hearts and minds it's going to be about convincing the majority of the people in new hampshire to come on board with secession we've already got almost one out of three of them and we only need two out of three yeah that's true in order to get through uh a constitutional amendment if it gets on the ballot which takes 60 percent of the state house and 60 percent of the the state senate we need two-thirds to pass it we got almost one-third already so we're almost half of the way there i mean that's another way to look at this right you don't need a hundred percent you need 67 yep. percent and if the numbers keep rising as far as free staters mm-hmm. uh you know getting elected we went from 20 to 30 to 40 in three election cycles the, the democrats are now <laughs> saying we have 50 yeah i you know I, you know people keep making you know I, I keep hearing different numbers um but um i the numbers i'm going off of i believe are directly from the free state project specifically so i tend mm-hmm. to suspect their numbers are at more accurate yeah, i think they said um, 44 but, you know, yep. sometimes the Dems are pretty good at researching this stuff. I mean, they put a lot of time and, and money mm. into figuring out things about the Free State Project. It's certainly possible that they know more than the Free State Project does about their own movement. They could. Um, the other thing I, I've noticed, too, is depending on how you word it, 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 it might be a slightly different number. Um, so, you know, maybe there's, you know, 50 libertarians, right? Or as opposed to 40, 40 Free Staters. It, the number sounds higher, but it's actually it's it's higher because there's some of those people all are already in New Hampshire, so they're not mm-hmm. technically free staters. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, a couple more highlights here: sixty three percent agree that they trust their state government more than they trust the federal government, and forty three percent say that states shouldn't even need permission from the federal government to peacefully separate it. Now, this is an in a uh, important issue 45 percent disagree with that statement so there's some number that's on the fence that that number that's that's on the fence could be moved in our direction so it's almost an even split on whether or not people think you should ask permission from the federal government before you leave and it's like no 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 no. you, you don't ask the abuser if you can leave <laughs> this guy's gonna beat you right like he's been beating you he's been abusing you he's been tying you up he's been starving you and you have the opportunity to run out the door you don't just say, oh, excuse me, can you loosen my ropes first? Uh, yeah, and, and the thing that amazes me is that somebody would even think you would need to ask permission. I mean, mm. did you ask permission? Uh, it, it, here's the thing, especially in the case of New Hampshire. New Hampshire's constitution predates the United States. If our constitution in New Hampshire allowed joining the union, certainly it has to allow you know uh, disengaging from that union. Right? Yeah, there's no prohibition on I mean, that. And then most importantly, there's no prohibition on leaving in the United States Constitution. Because that's what everybody wants to point to. Like, well, here's the rules. This is the rules for how the U.S. government's supposed to be run. There's a process to join. 
And that makes sense. If you want to join a club, you usually have to have someone sponsor you in, and you got to pay a fee, and you got to swear an oath, or whatever it is you have to do to join the club. But if you want to leave the club, usually you just tell them you're out, or you never come back, right? right? Like there's not really a, a big process to rescinding somebody's membership from a group. And so in this case, the proposal here in the, the CACR 32, the proposal that was would have gone on the ballot had it passed through the State House and the State Senate, uh, this historic proposal, simply said it's over. It just said we're, we're going to declare peaceful independence. If this thing passes, New Hampshire declares its peaceful independence from the United States. That's it. End of story. Y'all want to negotiate? That's fine. We can talk about military well, bases. We here's, can talk here's about the thing. That. A lot of that stuff, declaring independence doesn't mean that there's no negotiations thereafter. You know, right. um, you can negotiate on trade and make trade deals if if that's if that is what the other side insists on doing right sure the united fine. states might be like okay well we won't invade but of course we're not going to trade with you unless you we have some sort of trade deal okay fine well then we have to come to the table and decide do we want to negotiate with them or do we not i mean in theory we could we could we could say oh we don't want we don't want to negotiate with you and then they would have to make a decision on what to do after that right? i think that most um, people would agree we want to have good relations with our neighbors we want to have good agreements with canada and we want to have good agreements with whatever remains of the united states right after the dominoes fall because i suspect that when the first state says goodbye whether it's texas whether it's california whether it's new hampshire once one goes it's going to be a matter of months before this the next one goes or a couple years or something right? mm. like that you're going to see movements for secession spring up where they didn't exist before because then you've shown that something's possible something is not possible unless people believe that it's possible and a lot of people they won't believe it until they see it you know, they just won't. Well, there's definitely an increasing number of uh, secession movements in the United States. So, yeah, what we need is the liberty loving people who want to actually succeed need to migrate to New Hampshire as soon as possible to make this happen as quickly as we can make it happen. Because, you know, time is of the essence here. Tyranny's on the rise. Hour three's coming up. Free Talk Live. Talk Live, kicking off the third hour of the program. The phones are open if you want to join us. Drop on in here. The number is 603-283-6160. we got other things to talk about tonight. Uh, you wanted to get into Binance. We're going to do that here in just a moment. That is the world's largest cryptocurrency exchange. Apparently, they're getting in some hot water for accepting Iranian customers. And you know what? I think they should accept Iranian customers. I think people should be free to do business with anyone they want to on the face of the planet, and there's no goon squad from the federal gang or whoever it is. It's, I have not seen the story yet, so we'll find out who is uh, the threatening party or parties in uh, in a few moments. But we'll get into that story. Uh, if you want to join us here, 603-283-6160. First up, Sarah is on the line in New Mexico. Go ahead, Sarah. Um. I, I was told that Iraq, which is shares a border with Iran, a country right next to Iran, and um, and then so the Black Sea is above them. So the anyways, uh, Iraq had turned communist. They had a communist system of government many years before. Um, and are you talking about before had, Saddam Hussein? 
I I do not know exactly when that happened, but that's well, that would be an interesting thing to find out. I mean, how can you make a claim and you don't even know when you're talking about? Well, but it was about after they turned communist, socialist, and then that, that's when the U.S. sanctions got imposed. And then you ask why that you your question is the government will not allow you to buy bitcoins from the Iranians, right? It's the same idea. If they Iranian wants to help Iran wants to help Russia launching drones and attack Ukraine, so therefore they have to make their economy fail. And, and the same thing with Iraq when when they have turned socialist, they've imposed sanctions. The economy failed because. That's what happens when you impose sanctions, is you hurt uh, people economically. Well, that's the whole idea. Well, they wanted a a socialist government where they had um, free education up to the university level. They all have free health care, but look at them now. There's no such thing. They're dying. There's no such thing as as free health care and free education. You understand that, right, Sarah? (laughs) Well, I I mean, but the community pays for it. For people that are in need, that is a need of it. Right. So the difference communist, between well, community health care or a voluntary, you know, charity and what you're talking about under socialism is under government health care, like they have in Canada and, and other countries of the world, these socialized health care systems, they charge an arm and a leg behind the scenes, a very, very expensive cost to running these government systems because they're one-size-fits-all monopolies. There's no other, you know, in some cases, there's no other options. That's why a lot of people from Canada and come when they, down south. When they don't, right, you don't get care. The care goes down. The quality goes down. Right? Yeah, well, they may so just decide other to deny you care anyway. Or, or both. Yeah, they may just say, oh, well, you know, we don't really care that much if you survive, so right. we're just not going to give you care. You can end up having a higher cost uh, and not getting any service at all as a result. Yep. Whereas if it's a voluntary charity, then we can have different charities to which those of us who believe differently can donate. So some people might want to give to uh, the Salvation Army Hospital, and other people might want to give to the Catholics or, yeah, there, or whatever. Yeah, there's actually a, an organization that rates how efficient, uh, how efficiently charitable organizations spend their money. That's right. Um, and I certainly would want to, you know, spend or donate my money to a charity that spends their money very efficiently, right? Well, but the thing is, you know, the, you ask about, or oh, how do I know about the Iraq being communist? But, but I heard from the Communist Party people why they were communists. You know what I mean? So, if a communist member have said that that um, that they have turned communist, and I met these people that remember they were on the TV that broke this U.S. Um, they 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 were not allowed to go to Iraq. They went anyways. They, they told the government to school you, and then they were on TV, and I got to meet those people at the Communist Party meetings. So when they say that Iraq had Trump communists, I mean, I believe it. But, I mean, but... Uh, but, but you don't know when. I, well, well, it was before the sanction. They started up the sanction, so they So had that would have been Trump under Saddam, Trump presumably, it. right? Saddam was a dictator. I, well, I, I do not know exactly. I mean, that doesn't... A dictator doesn't necessarily tell you the former government, though. Um, I, 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 I'm it's still almost guaranteed not to be a socialist 
yeah, I mean, it, well, it's probably more like crony, uh, you know, his buddies basically, you know, made all, and that's my understanding of what happened in, in under Saddam was his there, buddies made all the money. There are some election results here on the Wikipedia page about the Iraqi Communist Party, and it shows that they got less than 1% of the vote in 2005, an election there, uh, apparently 8% of the vote in a later election in 2005, and it looks like about 14% maybe in 2018, so they do exist. But I don't know if they've, you know, and maybe they got elected before well, 2005, but it doesn't go back further. I mean, than, before than sanction, I mean, what they, he wasn't sanctioned under Saddam. And have they been sanctioned since Saddam? Sanction? Well, oh, I, the economic I sanctions? I don't know. I, I'm trying to understand, like, what time period, the, you know, Iraq could have been communist under under what she's saying. I, I, I think you got something wrong about your story, Sarah. I don't I don't know exactly what it was. But yeah, maybe they were telling you something that just wasn't true or you misunderstood what it was that uh, no, they were know, saying. They were telling me the truth. Why would they impose that kind of sanctions to kill everybody in Iraq unless they did turn communist? They do this to prove that the communism is a failure and it doesn't work by starving them, by uh, taking out all their... Um, well, and that's the problem with sanctions, and that's another problem, and thank you, Sarah, for the call, <laughs> is that they it gives the, the, the people in the socialist countries the excuse to say, yeah. oh, well, the only reason we're failing is because of the United States sanctions. The U.S. should not sanction anybody anywhere in the world, and then they wouldn't be able to point to that, and they will still fail because socialism always fails. Yeah, I mean, I, there probably is something to be said about the real reason that the United States sanctioned uh, Saddam Hussein. Um, obviously, the reason that they gave was, you know, I think it was gassing, was the gassing their Kurds, but, I mean, the United States has supported a lot of atrocities all over the world. Why would that, you know, be the real reason that Saddam was sanctioned? It seems, it seems unlikely um, to me anyway, there's probably some other motive. I don't, I don't know enough about the history. I don't either, but, um, but I don't know, but this whole communist thing doesn't, that doesn't make any sense to me. The number of you want to join us here, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. So Chris, you wanted to get into a story tonight. Uh, it's funny that she called about Iraq uh, and because you know we're going to be in the same neighborhood here with a story about Iran, where apparently the Binance cryptocurrency exchange, which is the world's most popular crypto exchange by volume, is under fire. For dealing with people in Iran, what's uh, what's going on? Yeah, so the top crypto trader Binance um, crypto trader uh, platform, I think they mean, um, served users in Iran despite U.S. sanctions. So that's the report coming from uh, stories coming from the Washington Examiner. Uh, you know, it's, it's a good question. I'm not sure exactly what the story is in I'm detail. I'm interested in but hearing the story because Binance has a is, U.S. operations wing. They have a separate yep. corporation and they're, that's called Binance.us. They're substantial in the, in the uh, exchange market, in the crypto exchange market. Right? I don't think so. The U.S. one is very small by comparison to the big Binance. Binance, the global one. That's what I mean. The global is, Binance is it's, it's a, not right, a small they're exchange. they're not based in the U.S., is the United that States maybe. saying that every company everywhere in the world isn't allowed to do uh, to do business with Iran? Pretty much. Wow. <laughs> the world's largest cryptocurrency trader was found to have pro- uh, processed trades with Iranian users despite U.S. sanctions, according to a media investigation. <laughs> users 
in Iran used Binance up until at least September of last year, meaning the sanctions the United States reinstituted in 2008 were flouted. Uh, Reuters found in speaking with traders, despite a company ban, senior employees were both aware and welcoming of the exchange's popularity in Iran, which is kind of funny because it's... I don't think this was... Well, let me keep reading. This is this is not... It's not what it sounds like. With one commenting, Iran boys on an Instagram post detailing its popularity in Iran, the investigation showed. Okay. All right. I'm interested in hearing more about this. If you want to jump in, the number is 603-283-6160. And I think this is good. I, not that they've been caught for it. I think that they... It's good that they were doing business with people in Iran. I'll explain why. Absolutely. Uh, coming up here in moments, you can share your thoughts. That's 603-283-6160. Studio here tonight is Ian. And Chris. And you can join us online anytime you want. Head over to freetalklive.com and you can enjoy the features that you find there, including our social media platform. Just go to social.freetalklive.com. And that is where you can interact with other Free Talk Live listeners as well as some of the hosts of the show. And you can do it for free. It's our system. It's our server. It's a Mastodon-based system, which means it's open source. And it is federated to the rest of the Mastodon Fediverse, as they call it, with thousands of Mastodons all across the world connected together. It's a pretty cool system, and it gets you out from underneath the big tech monopolies or oligopoly, I guess. Uh, head over to social.freetalklive.com. Again, that's social.freetalklive.com. As we continue here, Chris, you were just getting into a story here from, where was it? Where's the story from? The Washington Examiner. Thank you. Washington Examiner about Binance, one of the world's largest, if not the largest, exchange for cryptocurrencies. They're getting into hot water for apparently oh, yeah. taking on Iranian customers as far back as 2021. They were, uh, as far as September 2021, it sounds like they may have stopped them or ostensibly have stopped them but we'll get more information here so go ahead finance is denied allegations of non-compliance the treasury department did not respond to the washington examiner's request for comment finance is the undisputed leader of the cryptocurrency trading a 950 billion dollar industry operating nearly four times more markets than the next largest ftx according to coin market cap it processes over 10 billion in cryptocurrency trades per day. Oh my. Wow. That is a huge number and boasts 90 million registered users on its homepage. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> this is, it's, it's kind of humorous how there's so much concentration in a technology that <laughs> decentralizes us. The company is based in the U S the company is not based in the U S uh-huh, nor does it officially operate there? Right. Referring U.S. users to an exchange called Binance.us, which is run by the CEO of Binance. So I'm is guessing it? of the global operation that they mean. That's weird because I'm pretty sure the CEO of Binance.us was a separate person, unless it changed recently. I know that it used to be somebody else, but regardless, everybody knows that it's part of Binance. It's just their U.S. operation. Right. So, Maybe they're saying that, oh, because you have something in the United States, therefore we get to regulate every single business you have everywhere around the Pretty planet. Pretty much. Yep. 
But although its headquarters is believed to be located in the Cayman Islands, <laughs> believed to be, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you're going to be able to check that just by going to their website. But anyway, uh, I mean, talk about this is what this is what amounts to reporting these days, man. Mm-hmm. No research, not at all. It is still not exempt. It's like the whole story is like that too. It's 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 kind of humorous. It is still not exempt from the secondary sanctions. Punishments for allowing services in Iran range from fines and reputation damage to being cut off from the U.S. financial system, according to lawyers who spoke with Reuters. Failing to have proper sanction compliance procedures may result in punishment from U.S. regulatory agencies. And this is the problem with U.S. dollars, right? And and the government, the U.S. government, effectively dominating, uh, you know, the world. You know, uh. Russia is right when it when it's uh, in, in regards to moving away from the U.S. dollars with mm-hmm. with its r- ruble. R- rupee uh, ruble rupee um, is India, I think. Yes, I believe you're right. Um, but this is this is why Russia is right, and people should be supporting Russia in in that you know uh, scope, even if they don't necessarily support. Well, I certainly the don't war, support right? Russia <laughs> in that I don't support violence and I don't support their oppression of their own people. Right, let alone, absolutely. Uh, what they're doing, but I do agree. What what you're saying, I think, is getting away from the dollar hegemony. Absolutely, okay, great. Yes, that's exactly what that's I'm saying. That's good for right? the, the world. Um, I, I'm I'm not saying it has to be Russia specifically, but just in general, the idea that countries would move away from this one currency, uh, you know, for international trade. When you know what, why why should Russia you know use U.S. dollars to trade with China? What sense does that it's make? Insane. Right. Yeah. Um, in December two thousand twenty, the U.S. Office of Foreign Asset Control issued a ninety eight thousand eight hundred thirty dollars fine against BitGo, a U.S. based company that deals with cryptocurrency, for such an infraction. In its enforcement release, the official said BitGo failed to exercise due caution or care for its sanctions compliance obligations when it failed to prevent. Persons apparently located in sanctioned jurisdictions to open accounts and send digital currencies via its platform as a result of a... Now, this must have been a sting operation, right? Because how else I don't would know. they have known about it? Of, of a failure to implement a appropriate risk-based sanctions compliance controls. Well, here's the thing. I think what they're saying... I don't think that they lack the controls. I think what they're saying is that because uh, you know people could use a VPN to get around it, I think is where this is leading. I, I'm not 100% sure, but I, I think that's what they're It sounds to going. me like the OFAC office, which is, I'm sure, a fun bunch of uh, bureaucrats, I bet you they had people go to BitGo, open up accounts, and use fake Iranian identification, because obviously they wouldn't have real ones, right? They would use you know, a, a manufactured Iranian passport. These are federal agents hmm. to see if they could get into the exchange. And well, if they got into I mean, the exchange, then, oh, well, you just let an Iranian into the exchange. So now, you know, are, are they banned from allowing uh, Iranians in the U.S. with Iranian passport or uh, yeah, Iranian passports from accessing it? Because I don't think are they Iranians are. allowed to be in the U.S. There's lots of uh, mm. Iranian refugees and things like that. Okay. Um, and, and people who, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure I don't. Or what if you're in Europe? You're an Iranian in Europe. Are they prohibited? That's a good question. I don't know. It it seems to me like that's not the prohibit. That's mm. not what's being prohibited. It's it's people in Iran that are prohibited, and I don't necessarily know that it would necessarily even be specific. Like if you're if you were a European in Iran, I think the same thing would apply. You would be restricted from accessing it. Mm. Um, but I, you know, I don't know. I don't know enough of the details, but I, I think that's how it works. Concern has or had been raised about weaknesses in Binance's compliance checks by senior employees. So so they clearly are complying or trying to. It's just that their their controls aren't, you know, good enough. 
um, you know, for the, you know, this uh, U.S. regulatory agency, I guess. I, I don't know who's regulating them, but whoever they are. And regulators, according to Reuters, the company instituted stronger compliance checks last year in response. Binance claimed it has fully complied with the sanctions. So my guess here is they probably had some sort of, uh, I don't know, black, black blacklisting of Iranian IP addresses. Mm-hmm. That's what I suspect. And I, I'm suspecting that there, I, some Iranians were able to get around it by using a VPN. VPN. Um, so that it appeared they were not in Iran. But I don't know. We'll see if it actually, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's going where I thought it was. So it, it does sound like it's a VPN. We have assembled a globally recognized compliance and regulatory program that has been our core objective over the past 18 months this industry leading sanctions program is fully compliant with all international financial sanctions including blocking platform access to users in iran north korea and many others so it's it is people so i mean from the sense of it it's in, in the country it's, it's not specifically to iranians I per see. se um because, and, and if you think about it, it kind of makes sense because if, you, if if you're an iranian in europe mm-hmm. why would you be blocked i mean you're not even in iran anymore. well couldn't you in theory then just send money back to Iran and your family? Yeah, maybe, except I think the banks in Europe wouldn't be then allowed... They wouldn't be able to send... Allowed it to communicate with the U.S. banks. and that. That's you could send crypto to your, your loved ones. You could physically go to that's Europe... That's true. ...buy crypto online... That's true, yeah. ...and then just send it to well, your Well, I mean, this just goes back to why the sanctions don't work anyway, yeah, right? Like, <laughs> they've got the so many holes in them, it, it, it's ineffective. You can join us at 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and the phones are open here. If you want to join the show, the number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. By the way, if you heard us talking last night about... Was it last night or Wednesday? Last couple of nights, uh, we talked about the court hearing, the ridiculous court hearing that uh, Bonnie and I attended this week where a judge kicked the public the attendees uh the audience if you will out of the courtroom entirely a packed courtroom she had it uh, almost completely cleared of people bonnie and i stayed because we're part of the the press and we just stayed where we were and then luckily the judge didn't you know try anything with us but uh, so we got video of this <laughs> they know better <laughs> thing. they kicked this this whole courtroom full of people out and it was ostensibly due to CO2 levels. <laughs> there was a, a little alarm that had gone off to alert people that there was too much CO2 in the room. Even though this many people had been in that room or more than this many people. Because the previous hearing was standing room only. And in this case, there might have been a couple of seats in which somebody who was standing could go sit down. So it wasn't standing room only, quote unquote. It was close. So we've had more than this number of people in this room before, but there's been no alarm. But this time there was an alarm that went off and the judge was so concerned for the well-being of the people in the court over a CO2 issue while she was wearing a mask the entire time, which means she's constantly recirculating CO2 into her own system. But regardless... It was an insane uh, day to be in court, and it was all caught on video. You can see that now. The story is up over at freekeen.com. The video is on the uh, Freekeen 
Odyssey channel, which you can visit over at video.freekeen.com. Most, uh, it's a two and a half hour long video. Most of it is pretty dull courtroom stuff, but there's some real gems in there. Uh, so you'll have to kind of jump around and you'll find the, the crazy parts. It gets crazy uh, once the judge starts kicking people out of the room. Hmm. And then you want to watch it from there because it's pretty interesting. Uh, so check that out at freekeen.com. Chris, what you said this story is pretty much wrapped up about Binance. Is there anything else we need to know about the there, sanctions? There's a little bit more uh, to it, but um, almost yeah, wrapped up. Let's let me finish the last paragraph here. But um, we have also implemented advanced detection tools that allowed us to further crack down on users in sanctioned regions that had access to sophist. I love how I love this choice of words. Sophisticated masking tools. Including VPNs. <laughs> so a VPN is a sophisticated masking tool is what they're in, in, the implication of this By is. By the way, you can get Penguin VPN by going to thinkpenguin.com. <laughs> you run that company. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just click on networking and at the very top link, there's a VPN. There's a couple of VPN options for you. Nice. Um, a Binance spokesperson wrote in an email to Gizmodo. Hmm. The Iranian government has used cryptocurrency and Bitcoin mining in order to avoid Western sanctions, even licensing Bitcoin miners for this purpose. According Is this what Gizmodo is saying or who's saying that? Uh, let's see, I think. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, I don't you know. That's a good question. I'm not sure. Um, it's not totally clear. Um, it says email to goes Gizmodo. That was a quote. And then the next paragraph, I guess hmm. it's just the author saying it. Okay. The Iranian government has used cryptocurrency and Bitcoin mining in order to avoid Western sanctions, even licensing Bitcoin miners for this purpose, according to, oh, no, no, it's, uh, apparently it was Eleptic. I don't know who hmm. they are, I don't know but, either. um, yeah, you know, what's interesting about this is that it, you know, <laughs> so how is this really any different than any other country, uh, you know, doing effectively the same thing? I'm sure like the U.S. licenses, you know, companies too for like crypto exchanges. Like, mm-hmm. how is it different other than the U.S. has no restrictions, whereas, you know, Ukraine, you have to get a license to do the mining, right? It's not the government that's doing it. It's them licensing it so that others are allowed to mm-hmm. mine the crypto. Um, it, it It's... It just seems to be very interestingly uh, the claim that they're doing it to avoid restrictions when it's not the government doing it. It's individuals and they're being licensed. Well, it may be in Iran that may be the government doing it. No, no, no. It's, it's a, what they're talking about is I know what they're referencing. They're referencing literally a license because uh, so it's it has to do, I think, with like elect- managing electricity mm-hmm. is, is the reason for the license or you're saying logic- in Iran, there's a license to mine Bitcoin. Yeah. And okay. I, I think it had something to do if I, again, I. Yeah, you can double check me on this one and do your own research here. But I believe it had something to do with, um, you know, electricity. And um, I think it's is it very cheap there? I forget. It might be very cheap there. But, but are you it's sure you're also, not confusing them with Venezuela? No, no, no. Where um, in Venezuela, it's subsidized electricity. And so the government will go after you if you are are mining Bitcoin. I, I don't think that's the case. I think it's I think the I think I think there might be subsidized in Iran. It might be subsidized as well. Too. Yeah, I don't know. Um, a lot. I think a lot of middle east countries it's that way hmm. um and it's they've got cheap oil basically uh-huh. so um but i guess there is a licensure but but at the same time i think their uh electric grid might not be able to handle it or something like that so like they they do some sort of licensing thing whereas they say okay you can use it but like maybe there are certain restrictions on it or something hmm. anyway but I, wish um, I knew more about iran it's like it's one of those mystery boxes where you just don't know what's going on there because there's so much that you you can't easily visit a place like that uh, because of all the sanctions and you can't do business with the people there because of the sanctions it's probably not as closed off as say north korea 
uh, but it is one of those places. It's, it's very mysterious. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Um, Iran was actually one of the most open countries as far as internet access up until mm. I don't know a decade ago. Really, what happened? Um, the the, internet, the population got on the internet basically. <laughs> so it and used to be cracked, they cracked down. They cracked it? down. Um, but it used to be there weren't that many people on the internet in Iran. Huh. Um, but as a result, the internet ended up being very open, and there weren't really any you know any censorship or anything like that going on on the internet now mm-hmm. um but then the population started getting online and you know a percentage a good percentage of the population and then they started cracking down and it ended up becoming a country that wasn't that different from china in terms of its like wow. lockdown um so in china for those who don't know is extraordinarily locked down like mm-hmm. Every little thing is censored, and, and and even where it's not, it's de- services degraded uh, to try to ensure that people will visit or use local websites as opposed to foreign websites. So, anyway, um, and there's even um, there's systems to like replace like certain popular websites, like maybe I don't know, like w- maybe what the Washington Post or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, you might be able to access the Washington Post's website, but. At least at one point, they were intercepting the traffic and replacing articles or links to stories on the web page itself. Well, I think they were mostly removing the Uh stories so you wouldn't see... Uh, content that was ca- like against so they were middlemanning the the domain name service. Yeah, basically? yeah. Um, I, wow. I I think this was prior to the more sites to using SSL or encryption. Um, but they were definitely doing it then. I don't mm. know if they're able to intercept or not. It's possible they could be doing some sort of man- manning in the middle still um, with SSL2, but I haven't heard of that. Now, no. I know there are there there was, was it Azure Brajan? I know there was some country uh, that did attempt to force um, a, you basically had to install a SSL certificate from the government so that the government could man in the middle uh, basically any S, any encrypted website that you accessed. Wow. Um, so there, there was at least one country that had attempted to do that I don't know. They they backed off and then they tried again. And I don't know if that that you know that uh, man in the middle attack is still being done or if it went away because again it did go away once before and then they tried to bring it back um, because it basically doesn't work that well. So um, the important I think one of the important takeaways as far as why people should be able to do business with people in Iran is and and in any country where there's sanctions for that matter is because. We want to have, I think, good relations with the people. Sanctions hurt individuals. Sanctions hurt businesses. They hurt the little guy. They don't hurt the governments of these countries. If you want them to like the United States, then do business with them. Make them reliant on our products and services and us vice versa. Let's you know have relationships with these people to build uh, good human relationships to one another. And then there's less likely to be hatred between both groups. Yeah, the propaganda doesn't work. When there are lots of interactions between, you know, uh, you know, two different countries. Because then you could just call your friend and ask what the truth is. Yeah, right, right. You you want to open up the line of communication, not break it down. You know, uh, speaking of China, since you brought up China, there's a crazy story about them rolling tanks out to defend the banks in China. Oh, wow. I'll tell you what happened. Come up here in moments. (laughs) Yeah. 
It's Free Talk Live, and you can join us here. Bring up whatever you want to discuss. The number is 603-283-6160. Phones are open, of course. Uh, that's what we do here on Free Talk Live. With you tonight, it's Ian. And Chris. Don't forget, you can join us online. Just go to freetalklive.com. And uh, I want to thank Troy Schultz, who is a Free Talk Live supporter of our AMPS program. Troy is contributing at least five bucks a month over at amps.freetalklive.com. You can join him there and help us advertise, market, promote, and support Free Talk Lives. If you like what we do, please head over to amps.freetalklive.com and join our Patreon there with your debit card, credit card, or your PayPal account. And we definitely appreciate your help and you get some cool perks if you do that. That's amps.freetalklive.com. So the tanks were back in the streets. They may still be in the streets in China. A lot of people are hearkening back to Tiananmen Square. It's being called Tiananmen Square 2.0. As uh, according to firstpost.com, China is deploying tanks to prevent people from a run on the banks. As per reports, tanks have been rolled out to protect China's banks and prevent locals from reaching them. This comes in the wake of an announcement by the Henan branch of the Bank of China that the savings of depositors in their branch are now considered, quote-unquote, investment products and can no longer be withdrawn. So imagine... Wait, what? Yeah, imagine you've put money into your bank account, into your savings account, expecting that it's going to be there for a rainy day. You know, if you need the savings, you need to tap into it for some reason. You can go into the, the bank and you can just, uh, you know, withdraw whatever amount you want to. Nope, not in China now. You can't do that because, well, now it's an investment product. The Henan province for the last several weeks has been witnessing clashes between police and bank depositors. With the bank depositors saying they've been prevented from withdrawing their savings from banks since as far back as April this year. Uh, It's been a grim reminder of the 1989 Tiananmen Square massacre where armored tanks were seen deployed in the streets of China amidst large-scale protests by people demanding the release of their savings frozen by banks, in this case, not Tiananmen. Uh, Fresh videos have surfaced online in which Chinese People's Liberation Army tanks can be seen deployed on the streets to scare protesters. Large-scale protests are being held in the province by bank depositors over the release of their frozen funds. So just keep this in mind for anything you have in the banking system in the United States. Don't think this can't happen here. Mm. You know, you may be able to go to the bank right now, flash an ID and withdraw, withdraw funds, but there's no reason why they can't pull the same kind of shenanigans. Yeah, I, I mean, ultimately, it's, it's just a court. It's, it's a it's a matter of uh, decisions as to how they respond effectively. And when things get out of control, this is how governments respond it's not just china either right. there's a lot of other governments have done the same exact thing when they've effectively lost control and it doesn't matter if we're talking uh i'm trying to think of the the country the other country here that's done something similar recently um in, argentina in, near, 20 near years india. ago no near india uh the economy collapsed because of um 
they they banned uh was it uh, fertilizer in the country oh um it's it's right off of india i can't think of the co- name of the country but hmm. it's like i don't know it's got like 30 something million people i believe okay. um but basically their economy has collapsed and they don't have enough u.s dollars basically and um they sri lanka you think sri lanka, sri lanka yeah the huge protest yeah and yep. they mm-hmm. uh they literally set the prime minister's house on fire yep, that's that it one. that's it that's yeah, it and then yeah, he yeah, quit yeah. the office yeah uh, they fled the, the country are now i wonder what happened after that we, we, we heard about them uh, going uh, to the president's they're house. starving to death um oh, they're literally starving to death they have massive um restrictions you have to get uh oh they're doing qr codes in order to get get any kind of gas oh, whatever the little bit of gas they have they're heavily heavily restricting and there's some sort of qr code system now i, I haven't read the i don't even think i read the whole story but it's yeah it's it's crazy there um but this is what happens and it's probably going to be many many months before they have any kind of resolution to that situation um but in the meantime you know everything you know everything is like frozen uh just because you know they're the government's basically i mean i won't say it's i mean the, the government no actually fair to say i think if it is fair to say the government collapsed yeah. um no, definitely i mean yeah. if you've got uh well they the reason the prime minister and the president, both of whom's mansions or whatever, were being raided by thousands of protesters in Sri yeah. Lanka, the reason they resigned was because they didn't want the government to collapse. They made public statements like, in order to keep the government operating, we are going to leave our offices. And then they you know, left the country or whatever at that I point. Mean, so. <laughs> that's kind of fi- funny to say the government hasn't collapsed. Um, I I, I mean, I guess if there's still probably somebody in new in those positions and new in those positions, I guess the government hasn't collapsed, but the economy sure has, um, even if the government, you know, hasn't. So some of the other things we've seen, of course, in uh, in recent decades with bank shenanigans, central bank uh, freezes and things like that. You've got different countries, whether it be Zimbabwe, uh, of course, doing insane things to oh, uh, to its currency. Russia is doing it too now. Are they freezing out people? Their uh, depositors? Um, yeah, I'm trying to think what they're doing exactly. Uh, but yes, they're doing something of that nature anyway. Some places like uh, Venezuela were limiting the amount of bank withdrawals people people could make so you still quote unquote could access your account but you might not be able to pull out more than 40 bucks a day or something like that or whatever the equivalent yeah. of that was uh, in uh, in that country. They- you know, it's interesting. They, they, a lot of these countries do it a little bit differently. Um, yep. or, you know, from one country to the next about how they're implementing it. Um, I think Greece, they, they did the cash withdrawal limit thing Limits or something per day. ATMs, yep. Um, but I think they also just stole, uh, money. I think in Greece, if what I they recall, call a haircut. Yeah. Oh, we're yeah. just going to give every account a haircut. That way it sounds like it's not that bad. But the definition of a haircut is where they take 20% or 30% or 50%, whatever arbitrary number yes. they say. All right. Well, now everybody's accounts are down by that amount and the government takes it yeah That's and of course that is. of course that then benefits people who didn't have their money in a bank That's so, true. or they had yep. it in assets as opposed to a bank account Correct. so it's really hurting it, that type of attack it effectively hurts the little guy rather well, than the big guy who may have you well, know right. except for the little guys that didn't have a bank account right because they didn't get touched at all the, the unbanked actually were completely immune sure. to that sure um that may be true but it probably still hurt them more than it hurt you know the big guys who well, have yeah, of more diversification in their assets as well as assets overseas sure and of course there's still printing money like you know it's going out of style or whatever so that, that still yeah. hurts everybody that has so the important you know one of the important takeaways from this situation is anything you put in a bank is at risk yeah a lot of people think banks are safe because they've been lied to and nope. you know the government's told you oh well we'll ensure that well you can't trust these people and if they want to come after you personally they certainly will we've seen that i mean that's easy they just send a letter and the bank freezes your account but what if they actually you know this one of these disasters happens on a nationwide basis and yeah. banks in the united states start 
start freezing uh, assets across the board. This is why, you know, there's so many good reasons to have a, a I, 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 what do I, I sound like an investment advisor or something. You're but not. I diver, I diver, I'm not, definitely not. Um, but uh, a diversification of your your portfolio, sure. right? At the um, bare minimum, people should consider looking at cryptocurrency. Yep. And things like gold or and or silver at the bare minimum, if not have a little bit of real estate or whatever yeah, other. Yeah, and, and, and it's funny because it's like you know people people. It sounds like uh, when I say that it's like well, well that's only you know a portfolio is only for the big big players, but not really. It doesn't have I mean, to be most crazy. Americans have you know they have things like mortgages and houses. Yeah, you they don't have need things. A manager. You know they they have things like a little bit of some stock. Mm-hmm. Um, they have things. They do. Most people do have a little bit of a portfolio. Uh, certainly most of the middle class mm-hmm. um so it's not it's not like you know this outrage you know this you know this out there type of thing when i say this is why you diversify your assets a little more about china so after a protest in henan's capital Zhengzhou turned violent authorities say they'll start releasing money in batches to depositors who've had their funds frozen by several rural banks with the first due on the 15th of july so not sure how that went uh, only a handful of depositors have received the payments. This is a, a newer story, I thought. That's weird. Well, the story itself was published on July 21st, but it's referencing <laughs> the 15th of July. Uh, only a handful of depositors have received those payments, posing a serious question. It takes time for news to get out of China yeah. <laughs> to on, escape its firewall. On whether the banks have anything to spare. As per a notice issued by the Hunan Provincial Financial Supervision Bureau, some bank depositors in villages and towns were supposed to get their deposits back on the 15th. However, non-mainstream media believe only a few handfuls of depositors have made these payments. Uh, Chinese state media has also not posted anything about the repayments. So... It's just crazy. I mean, literally putting tanks in the streets, and there are videos of this. This isn't like, oh, speculation. There's actual video, multiple videos of uh, army tanks trying to stop people from making a literal run on the banks. Over a thousand depositors had gathered outside the Zhengzhou branch of the country's central bank in earlier uh, July on the 10th to launch their largest protest yet. And the hundreds more have staged several demonstrations in the city uh, which is the capital, but their demands are being ignored by the Chinese authorities. And that's all you can do when the bank has your money is beg. Uh, and that's you, all you can do. Uh, uh, here's the thing. What are you going to do when it's the government? You know, it's like what I mean, think about it. What if, if the United States government did this? What do you what can you do? You can prepare for it now. Exactly. By getting your value out of the dollar and putting it in something but you have you control can't over. Wait, you can't wait right. until it happens. You got to you got to do it ahead of, you know, the collapse. You probably have to have some money in the dollar to pay bills or whatever, sure. but there are ways to do that but with cryptocurrency. You can still divide it up into different different asset yeah. classes so that it makes it much more difficult for the government to come and steal see, it all. See you tomorrow. freetalklive.com.